0: Today, I wanna talk about your creativity. I want you to be honest with me. When was the last time you had a really good creative encounter? You know, I'm talking about that kind of epic creative surge. One that was so inspiring, it was worth bragging about. Be honest, how long has it been? Do you remember? Were you on your own? Were you with someone else? So today, I wanna dedicate this entire episode to your creativity now the good news is that your creativity is kinda like riding a bike maybe you haven't used it in a while but it will always be there for you all you have to do is just jump right back on so here's what you're gonna learn today in our first segment we're going to learn why creativity is so important and how it helps you as an entrepreneur in the second segment we're gonna talk about how to develop your relationship with your creativity In our third segment, I wanna debunk the shower myth. Yes, the shower myth. In our fourth segment, I'm gonna teach you how to snake charm your creativity and give you a tool that you can use to find out when you are in your optimal creativity zone. And then I'm gonna give you lastly some tips to help you optimize your relationship with creativity, give you a little inspiration and then I'm gonna share a really exciting announcement. But first, I want to start with a story. So, today's story focuses on optimizing creativity. Now, I want to take you back to November of last year at our Thrive Retreat in Mexico. Now, I'm going to be upfront with you these retreat participants were smart, they worked hard, and they were a very highly intelligent system. They really blew my mind, and together, They stumbled upon something absolutely critical about creativity. And I'm going to share that with you in a minute. So as part of the retreat, we dedicated an entire day to focus on our creativity and intuition. And we learned why it's so important to operate from the heart instead of from the head. And it's important to understand that your creativity is actually a divine energy. It's something that you access or you tap into, and so therefore to nurture it, you have to treat it like it's a relationship. If you treat it really well with respect, it will return back to you tenfold. You basically get out of it what you put into it. Now to kick off this discussion about creativity, I asked everybody a pretty personal question. I asked them to explain when they are their most creative. And this was really one of my most favorite discussions at the retreat, because I love hearing people talk about their creativity, but it was also fascinating to see how many synergies there were among people, reminding us once again that we have to focus on how we're all aligned rather than how we are separate. Now, there were a few common themes. A lot of people said they were their most creative when they were out in nature. And a lot of people said it was listening to music or they were inspired by exercising, either going out and walking or running, doing yoga. Any sort of physical exercise that helped to move their body really helped them to stimulate their creativity. Now, there was a lot of intelligence that came from this conversation. And in this case, it was equally important to pay attention to what wasn't present in the conversation as it was to notice what was present because it was in paying attention to what wasn't said where our critical learning happened. Are you ready for it? Throughout this entire conversation, not one person said that they are their most creative when they are sitting at their desk in front of their computer. Not one person said, I am my most creative when I'm staring at a blank Word document and a flashing cursor. Not one of them said, I am my most creative in a brainstorming session where we have pressure to come up with a new creative idea. In contrast, most of the activities that they did mention were away from the office. And in most cases, they were activities that were done outside of regular business hours. When they were unstructured, when they were free-flowing, when there was little to no expectation or pressure to be creative. Interesting, huh? So we are our most creative when we are outdoors. During off-peak hours with little to no expectation of ourselves, yet we continually put pressure on ourselves and those around us to be creative in such stale and manufactured environment. This is madness. And this is exactly why we are dedicating this entire episode to your creativity. So why is creativity so important? Well, the truth is, our businesses thrive on creativity. Sometimes as entrepreneurs, we get so busy executing and delivering on ideas that we forget the importance of nurturing our creativity. Because it's our creativity that feeds our soul. It keeps us inspired. It keeps us Focused And being creative is the most pure way to access the best ideas. And when you're in a place of divine creativity, it's the easiest because you allow instead of trying to force something to happen. And you're tapping a source that is bigger than you alone. Now, you might be thinking that creativity doesn't really apply to you. For example, you might have a very technical job. But here's the thing. Creativity is so much more than your role. It applies to you no matter what type of work you're doing. Creativity can help you build the types of products that you're building. It could be helping you build out a website or an interface that you're designing for a client. It could help you make better decisions. It can help you find new opportunities. And my personal favorite, it can help you to problem solve. Deepak Chopra talks about the natural law of detachment, which says that I will not force solutions on problems, thereby creating new problems. And isn't that the truth? Sometimes if you give a situation a little breathing room, the right solution will just come to you instead of you trying to fix it and make the problem go away. Because when problems or stumbling blocks appear, they're not always roadblocks to your success. They're not put in front of you to test your determination. They're often put there because you need to be nudged in a slightly different direction because somehow you got off your path. So when we face a challenge, or something doesn't go exactly the way we want it to, give it a little breathing room and get out of your head, into your heart, ask for help, and then an ideal solution will be presented to you. So there's three things that I want you to remember about your creativity. Number one, it isn't always on demand. You can't just sit down and say, okay, hey, I'm ready to be creative right now. So I'm going to, later in the episode, share you a few tips that can help you really call on your creativity. But to be honest, more often than not, it comes to find you. And often, really, really good ideas come when you're not expecting them. Number two, move quickly when you are inspired by an idea or a concept or some sort of creative endeavor. If an idea comes to you, it wants to be born. It wants to take shape. Trust that it came to you for a reason. Don't waste your energy questioning it. Just be brave and lean in. Number three, divine inspiration sometimes comes drip feed, meaning that it doesn't always come fully intact, all nicely wrapped up in completion with a bow on top. It isn't always front to back, and it isn't always literal. So what I mean by this is that sometimes an idea that you get It doesn't come like a model airplane with all the necessary pieces and parts and instructions or even a picture of what it's supposed to look like at the end. You know, life would be way too boring if we lived like that. Instead, it comes to you in a drip-feed way. Some ideas are literal, some are momentary glimpses, and it's all sprinkled with concepts and moments in time. Now I want to talk about building your relationship with your creativity. So first off, I want you to think about the best relationship that you have in your life right now. Can you think of someone? This could be either a friend, a family member. It could be your partner or a client. Now I want you to think about the worst relationship that you have in your life right now. Who is that person? How is that relationship weak? Now lastly, think of these two relationships, the best relationship and the worst relationship. How much time and effort do you invest in each of these two different relationships? How often do you spend time with these people? How much do you respect and understand each other? Typically, the best relationships that we have in our life are the ones that we put the most amount of effort into. And your relationship with your creativity is no different. So I want to ask you a personal question. What is your current relationship with creativity? Is it where you want it to be? What sort of effort are you making to entice it? And how do you want it to change? You know, quite often I hear clients say to me that They get mad because they go to bed. And as soon as their head hits the pillow, they have all these amazing ideas that come up and they get really frustrated and angry at their creativity. And this drives me crazy for for two reasons. First off, you should never, ever, ever get angry when divine inspiration comes to you, when you get your creativity, because this is a gift. And you should always be grateful for it, even though the timing isn't always ideal. And second, Shame on you because quite often, if your creativity is downloading at the end of the night when you're trying to fall asleep, it means that your entire day was likely so jam-packed with doing things and being in your head that you didn't allow any time or any space for your creativity to come through you. I like to call this your dedicated receiving time. And so, your creativity had no choice but to come to you at night because that was the only time that your thinking brain started to turn off. And it was likely trying to come through to you all day long, but you were too busy checking things off your to do list. So, whether you have a healthy relationship with your creativity, or if you're looking to rekindle this old flame, here's two different things that I want you to do. First off, I want you to recognize When you are your most creative, start to really be conscious about this and observe when ideas come to you. Where are you? What time of day is it? And now look back in your life and also see when was it in your life that really good ideas came to you and start to see if there's a pattern. And secondly, also equally important, I want you to start to observe the times in your life when you've really struggled with creativity. When was it hard to come up with creative ideas? What doesn't work around creativity? Because knowing what doesn't work for you will paradoxically help you figure out what does work for you. Now, in this segment, I want to debunk the shower myth. So you know what I'm talking about here, right? It's people quite often talk about how good ideas come to them when they're in the shower. And I think that people are actually starting to believe that good ideas come from being in the shower. But the truth is, contrary to popular belief, <laughs> the shower is not a conduit for good ideas. It isn't the ritual of cleansing your body that makes all this creativity start to channel through to you. Nope, sadly, it's not. It's the fact that we are, well, typically, alone in the shower, away from technology, and it forces you to be present and centered, and often it's likely one of the only times in your entire day when you are able to do this. Be present and be focused. And so this is why all the good ideas come to you then. So should you have a shower when you're looking to get good ideas? Well, I mean, okay, I guess you could use that as a strategy, or... You could simply realize and acknowledge the fact that being absolutely present is a great way to allow your creativity to flow to you, being away from technology, and maybe start to find other ways to be present throughout your day. It might be more efficient than running into the shower throughout the day to try to come up with new ideas. So all of life is a balance or a dance between two different contrasts. We have black and white, yin and yang, Shiva, Shakti. This contrast between extremes is what makes life so interesting. So I want to share with you now an exercise that you can use to figure out when you are in an ideal physical state to be your most creative. So throughout your entire day, your entire energy patterns in your body are shifting. And they're causing either the right or the left hemisphere of your brain to be dominant. Now the left hemisphere of your brain is responsible for your rational or analytical tasks. And the right side of the brain is responsible for your creative or your artistic endeavors. Because the right side of your brain is more intuitive and holistic. So did you know that throughout your entire day, every couple of hours or so, the energy shifts back and forth to different sides of the body? And so this helps us to understand why sometimes when we try to do something that's really analytical, we just can't focus. Or when we're trying to be really creative, we just can't seem to come up with anything. So if you're trying to work on something and you feel like you're struggling, you can always just set the task aside and come to it later. Or... You can be proactive and try this. Check in with your body to see where your energy is most dominant. And here's how you can do that. So I'm going to walk you through this exercise right now and you can do it. But please promise me that you're not going to do this while you're driving because it might distract you from your focus. So I want you to bring your hand up in front of you. Turn your hand so that your palm is facing down. Your thumb should be closest to you. Now keep your palm flat and keep all of your fingers together. Now bring your hand so that it's just underneath your nostrils. And I want you to take a really deep breath in. And then as you exhale through your nostrils, keep your mouth closed. So do that a a couple of times here. Inhale really deep and then exhale through your nose, keeping your mouth closed. And I want you to try to observe and figure out which of your nostrils is dominant. Which one of them is there more air coming out of? Go ahead, try it a couple times now and see if you can figure it out. And once you've figured out which nostril is dominant, well, this is what tells you which side of your brain is active. Pretty cool, huh? So, as you pay attention here, really, really carefully, it's slightly confusing because it maps to the opposite side. So if your right nostril is dominant, then this means that your left brain is dominant and you're in your rational analytical state. Just like the other way, if your left nostril is dominant, then your right brain, which is responsible for your creativity, your artistic endeavors is dominant. So if you do this exercise and you can't quite figure out which one is dominant, then you might be in a place where you are switching over because like I said, Throughout the day, it switches back and forth to either hemisphere. And at this point is actually an ideal time for you to do meditation when you're in transition. But you can always come back in a couple of minutes and try it again to see where you are. Now, I have four tips for you to help you to be more creative and to work on building this relationship with your creativity. Tip number one, schedule dedicated time to be creative. Dedicate a significant block of time, like at least two hours, and find this as a time block throughout your day. So quite often we book certain tasks of our day in like 15 minute or 20 minute intervals, And this works for things like social media that you can easily turn on and off. But I personally don't feel that this is ideal for your creativity. I think it takes a lot of energy for us to really unplug, especially from technology. And if you're trying to really, really nurture your relationship and get it back up and running and get more creative, then you really want to focus a large block of time. So I, for me, I like to focus on at least two to three hours if I have some sort of creative task that I'm doing. Tip number two, capture your small ideas and inspiration as soon as they come. Now sometimes we receive uh, bit-sized nuggets and they might not feel like they're important enough or even significant enough to write down. Or sometimes we might even not understand why they're so significant. And it's kind of like if you had one grain of sand in your palm. Doesn't seem like it's a really big deal. But if you had a thousand grains of sand in your palm, then you would really be able to see something significant. So it's really important for you to capture these little ideas, these little nuggets as they come up. And you can either write them down, you can type them out on your phone, or you can just do an audio recording and then capture them at the end of the week. Trust me, you'll be surprised how many cool ideas are in there that you would have totally forgotten about. Tip number three, build a structure to shift gears. So when you're about to start a new creative task, do something to consciously decide that you're going to shift gears. So this might be changing your environment, you could go somewhere off site, you could Um, go to a coffee shop you could move your physical body take a break and do some exercises do some breathing do something to really mix it up and and tell your body and your mind that you're changing and you're leaving one task behind and you're moving into a new task and tip number four unplug remember my story about that group discussion at Thrive not one person said they were their most creative sitting at their computer So you might want to try unplugging and getting off digital. And the other thing that I always do when I have a good block of time and I know I might be easily distracted, not only do I unplug, but I also put up a little bit of a parking lot so that any distraction that I can think of, any errand, any task, I write it down on a sheet of paper and I say, I'm going to do all these things when I'm done this two hour time block because you'd be surprised the amount of random ideas that come up. You know, it's time to like rearrange your closet or clean behind your fridge. All these things that you don't need to do in that moment. Remember, your saboteur is smart, but when you're conscious, you're way smarter. So get there first and run interference on those distractions. Okay, so let's recap those four tips. One, we have schedule, dedicated time to be creative. Make sure that you have time blocks. Number two, capture small ideas as soon as they come. Remember, they're grains of sand and they add up to something really significant. Number three, build a structure or a habit to shift gears. And number four, unplug. For inspiration today, I want to point you to the author, Elizabeth Gilbert, who is passionate about creativity and the art of building your relationship with it. She's a brilliant author, most famous for her memoir, Eat, Pray, Love. But since writing that book, she's really dedicated a lot of time to being curious and fascinated with creativity and sharing everything that she's learned about it. She has a really brilliant TED talk called Your Elusive Creative Genius and it has more than 10 million downloads. And she explains in it how creativity used to be viewed very differently in history. People weren't referred to as being geniuses, rather they had a creative genius, an entity that came to them to inspire them. And this is significant because it lessens the pressure that we have, this creative demand that we have. And so it's a fascinating TED Talk. It's one of my top five all-time favorites I recommend it all the time, especially to my clients. And if you're intrigued by her talk, then you might want to check out her book called Big Magic. And it just came out last year. I read it over the holidays, and it's brilliant. It's chock full of great advice, brilliant ways to really build great habits to befriend your creativity. And she's really candid around her journey as a writer, about her highs and her lows. And she shares amazing wisdom to not take yourself too seriously during your creative process so here's a really quick passage where she talks about falling in love with your creativity stop treating your creativity like it's a tired old unhappy marriage a grind a drag and start regarding it with the fresh eyes of a passionate lover This book is beautifully written. It's an inspiration, and I guarantee it's going to change the way that you look at your relationship with creativity. So definitely start off with the TED Talk, Your Elusive Creative Genius, and if that speaks to you, then check out her book, Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. And before I start wrapping up here, I owe you an exciting announcement, don't I? So here it is. Registration opens today for Thrive, which is taking place in Mexico May 14th to 21st. Now, I always like to explain Thrive as a whole life checkup. We look at your relationships. We look at your creativity. We look at your dharma, which is your purpose in life. Because without a purpose in life, we're left without direction and without fulfillment. I will warn you though, this retreat is all about intense transformation. You will come home a different person. So if you're curious, head over to the website, thecorporateyogi.com retreats. Have a look around, watch the video and see what people have to say about being on retreat with me. And if the retreat speaks to you, then I would love for you to send me an email or better yet book a time online for us to chat. If it speaks to you, I'd love to hear from you. So go ahead and check it out, thecorporateyogi.com retreats. Thanks for hanging out with me today. I know that together we can pave this new way, this conscious way of doing business. Deep down inside, you know how powerful you are. Now it's time to step up and let the rest of us see it.